Welcome to Crossroads Podcast, where you can get all the information going on in town for those who want to be in the know. Good morning, Crossroads. Periodically, we give you news on what is happening around us and overseas in Europe. Because the media here in the U.S. is totally woke and they have a goal to shut us out, Crossroads Podcast brings you the truth from a very reliable source, the Daily Signal. You can verify for yourselves by going to https colon slash slash www.dailysignal.com. For our first story, reported by Tyler O'Neill, July 10th, 2023, I will eradicate you. Moms for Liberty threatened, threatened as subhuman after SPLC attack. Before we start on this article, let me explain exactly what the Moms of Liberty is. Moms for Liberty is an American right-wing political organization founded in 2021 that advocates against school curriculums that mention LGBT rights, race, and ethnicity, critical race theory, and discrimination, while multiple chapters have also campaigned to ban books and address gender and sexuality from school libraries. The group has also campaigned for LGBT students to be kept separated from straight and cisgender students. The group began by campaigning against COVID-19 protections in schools, including mask and vaccine mandates. Moms for Liberty was co-founded in Florida on January 1, 2021, by former school board members Tina Deskovic and Tiffany Justice, and by then-current school board member Bridget Ziegler, the wife of Florida Republican Party Chairman Christian Ziegler. By late 2021, Ziegler had left the organization. Republican activist campaign consultant Maria Rogerson is the third leading member of the Moms for Liberty. Deskovic receives a stipend as Moms for Liberty's executive director. Now that we know all the truth about those masks, that they do absolutely nothing for preventing the spread of the virus, Let's get on to the article by Tyler O'Neill. This was a real surprise, folks. Let me tell you, I've never seen such crazy radicalism. First on the Daily Signal, Moms for Liberty has received countless death threats, but the messages spiked after the Southern Poverty Law Center put the parental rights groups on its hate map, its co-founders say. It gave people permission to treat us as subhuman, Tiffany Justice, one of the group's co-founders, told the Daily Signal. She accused Moms for Liberty critics of trying to whip people up in such a frenzy that they end up sending death threats to me and the members and our children. Designating us as a hate group gives people permission to dehumanize us, and the SPLC knows it, Justice added. The SPLC brands mainstream conservative and Christian organizations hate groups, placing them on a map with chapters of the Ku Klux Klan. In June, it added a slew of parental rights organizations to that hate map for 2022 and labeled them anti-governmental groups, part of an anti-student inclusion movement. As I wrote in my book, Making a Hate Pay, the corruption of the Southern Poverty Law Center, the SPLC, 
has faced multiple scandals and defamation lawsuits in 2019 after the SPLC fired its co-founder amid racial discrimination sexual harassment scandal. A former employee called the hate accusations a highly profitable scam. Now, we have a new high school being built right here in Crossroads. All citizens, especially those with children, should be aware of exactly what will be taught in our high school. We cannot allow the left-wing liberal media and teachers' union to dictate to our children subjects that should only be discussed in the privacy of home by the parents. Aaron, with reports on a new book, details teacher union internal document pushing critical race theory in kindergarten through 12th grade schools. Aaron Wythe, July 5th, 2023. Teachers unions are writing the playbook to the hard left. The Freedom Foundation obtained Racial Justice in Education, an internal document published in 2018 by the National Education Association. It illustrates in shocking detail the degree to which the nation's largest teacher union embraces the tenets of critical race theory and shows how this neo-Marxist ideology serves as the fountainhead of the union's support of a host of radical policies from defunding the police to banning voter ID requirements. This guidebook, which remained almost invisible outside union circles, was produced well before these noxious trends became widely known. But their discovery shows that the NEA was critical in laying out the groundwork for the movements that nearly tore our country apart in 2020-2021. A mere two years after the NEA published Racial Justice in Education, the union's evil plan came to fruition as Portland and other cities starved law enforcement and critical race theory was shoved down the children's throats all over America. A full reading of the 80-page Racial Justice in Education leaves one stupefied. It also reveals that the NEA holds views on race that many, if not most, Americans and most teachers would find troubling or even repellent. Like a tornado from hell, the NEA's preferred policies swept over America in 2020 and 2021. Woke mobs toppled statues of everyone from George Washington to abolitionists. Police departments were defunded and police officers assaulted. Businesses were destroyed and the streets ran red with blood. Illegal immigration reached record levels. School children were taught to hate their country's past and to judge each other basis of skin color. It was the realization of the NEA's dream. Unfortunately, it was a nightmare for the rest of us. Union officials are careful not to talk like this in public, but racial justice in education reveals their real agenda. At the height of the insanity, the NEA's 2021 Representative Assembly adopted several new business items endorsing critical race theory. When it became apparent that these would cause serious blowback, the union scrubbed them from its website, but as our, the Freedom Foundation's Max Nielsen reported, the Internet's Wayback Machine has a way of keeping embarrassing items from disappearing down the memory hole. These included NBI, a committed to the NBA to eradicating institutional racism in our public school system by, among other things, 
increasing the implementation of critical race theory and opposing racist laws, policies, and practices, the overcriminalization of communities, students, and families of Native people and people of color, as well as the criminalization of poverty. NBI, too, directed the NEA to conduct opposition research, in other words, dig up dirt and smear organizations attacking educators doing anti-racist work. For example, promoting critical race theory. If you're critical of critical race theory, the NEA is going to hunt you down. NBA 39 directed the NEA to fight back against anti-critical race theory rhetoric and to oppose attempts to ban critical race theory and or the 1619 Project. This was an NEA project, but the American Federation of Teachers, another teachers union under Randy Weingarten, has also put leftist social and cultural projects in the forefront. The Government Accountability Project notes Rather than focus on pension issues and protection against mistreatment, Randy Weingarten's agenda has emphasized radical changes in education that do not serve students or teachers. As for serving parents, ha! The teachers' union big shots have come to regard parents as the enemy. They stand in the way of indoctrination. Those parents who aren't on board with critical race theory or expanding the number of genders beyond male and female must be vanquished. Thus, the NEA's Ed Justice website encourages teachers to avail themselves of resources that urge them to establish a private, virtual connection with an LGBTQ student that is not supported at home so you can check in with them about their family dynamic and brainstorm self-care strategies. This is an example of what Government Accountability Project calls the effort by teachers' unions to expand the role of school in the community and interrupt the traditional role of parents as heads of the nuclear family. But parents, as we are seeing, aren't going to stand for this displacement any longer. This is exactly why it is so important to vote out those who threaten our freedoms and to ensure to vote in those who embrace our constitutional liberties freedoms, and rights. A tale of two Philadelphias, Moms for Liberty, Gather Joyfully, and Protesters Lose Their Minds by Tony Kennett. This happened on July 5th, 2023, this year. This article is crazy, folks. Listen to this. In Philadelphia, progressives were whipped into quite the frenzy over the decision by Moms for Liberty a parental rights group, to hold its Joyful Warriors National Summit right here in the birthplace of America. Outrage over the decision by Philadelphia Marriott Downtown to host Moms for Liberty's annual conference and the Museum of American Revolution's decision to host the group's opening event drove progressives into catatonic rage. That rage resulted in vandalism and defacement of property, blocking vehicles, death threats, and the most drastic measures of all, petitions. After the Southern Poverty Law Center, a far-leftist activist group, designated Moms for Liberty as an anti-government extremist organization, legacy media began publishing passionate opinion pieces. The SPLC begged people to protest the Parental Rights Advocacy Group and prevent it from holding its event in Philly last Friday through Sunday. Before the conference began, Moms for Liberty chapters and its national board received dozens of death threats, 
and vandals struck the Museum of the American Revolution. Vandals spray-painted F.U. on a mural of George Washington crossing the Delaware and on an adjoining plaque. Someone also shattered a window to gain entry. Protesters screamed into the bullhorns, encouraging the mom to get disobedient as police held off the crowd from the swarming museum. The Philadelphia Police Department was forced to saturate several downtown blocks with officers who stood their ground against the crowd of protesters pushing against metal fences. Conference attendees who left the Marriott hosting Mom for Liberty Summit were surrounded by protesters, often shouted and spit, as well as blocked from walking through nearby shops and restaurants. Anyone in a suit or a blue shirt was followed inside and yelled at as they tried to order food, said one of the chefs in Philadelphia's famous reading market. When some members of the parental rights group, including Wisconsin leader Scarlett Johnson, attempted to take an Uber from the Marriott, protesters surrounded the vehicle and tried to prevent it from leaving. Encouragement from both Philadelphia police and other protesters quickly dispersed those surrounding the car. As fellow columnist commentator Bethany Mandel and I were walking from the Marriott to another location, one female protester warned us, you aren't safe anywhere in this city while you are here. Moments before, the same protester had shouted at Mandel, who was carrying her infant, that he hoped the child would turn out to be trans and commit suicide. Charming, isn't it? Many on the left rallied to the defense of the protesters on social media, claiming that the conference attendees' treatment was justified and that their supposed hatred of LGBTQ plus peoples and black and brown people were to blame. The campaign manager for Senator John Fetterman, a Democrat, called them literal Nazis. The protesting crowd, which appeared almost exclusively young and white, were starkingly different from the crowd attending the Moms for Liberty Summit. There were no speeches preaching against gay rights, as Elizabeth Fargus of the News Nation cable outlet claimed, and though there was a featured lecture from Jamie Mitchell, founder of Gays Against Groomers, who being a lesbian is rather in favor of gay marriage, at the Moms for Liberty Summit, I spoke with registered Republicans, Democrats, and those with a checkered voting record. The summit was well attended by far more than the white suburban mom stereotype, which Moms for Liberty is constantly painted by the left and the left-leaning media. You haven't truly enjoyed irony until you've watched an angry white boy scream at and accuse a group of laughing black mothers from Brooklyn of being complicit in fascist white supremacy. A group outside the Marriott screamed at Moms for Liberty was intent on banning a series of books that protesters were giving away to passerby. However, Moms for Liberty never has targeted any of those books for review by school boards or children's libraries. I'm still waiting to see the horrific, evil-phobic behavior that Moms for Liberty is accused from exhibiting. As the summit closed, hotel staff lined the hallways to thank the attendees for coming, shaking their hands and giving us hugs. The protesters left the streets lined with trash and the stench of urine and body odor, and they left the exterior of the Museum of the American Revolution defaced by spray paint and broken. One group definitely acted like fascists in Philadelphia over the weekend, but it wasn't Moms for Liberty.
One has to ask oneself, what happened to these people and how on earth did they get so misguided? Now for the local news. On July 10th, 2023, the monthly town council meeting took place. In the meeting room at the Crossroads Police Department building at 6 p.m., the meeting was called to order and Reverend Charles Stolfus from Denton Bible Church opened with a prayer. Ironically, there were no citizens' inputs for those present or on Zoom. Fellow citizens, I cannot emphasize the importance of attending these meetings. There really isn't any more excuses. You can either show up in person or log in on Zoom. If you have something to say but do not participate, then with all due respect, you must keep your comments to yourself. For council member announcements, Stephanie Housewhite had none. Ron King thanked the police department and fire department for their hard work in this heat. Chris Paws had no comment. Dave Meek reached the number of pages requested that the number of pages attachments be numbered for easier tracking and more strict terms need to be added to contracts for contractors working for the town. Steve Zuchek also commented on the Dutch Brothers Coffee Open House, also thanked the police department and fire department for their hard work. Mayor Tompkins also attended the Dutch Brothers opening and asked the manager to be a vendor at the upcoming Founders Day event. He also thanked David Lawson for the improvements in the sound for the meeting. Founders Day will be at the Star Ranch on Fish Trap Road, September 16, 2023. There will be vendors, live music performed by Emerald City Party Machine. This is a free event celebrating Crossroads' 50th anniversary. Folks, we need volunteers to make this a huge success. Please contact the town to volunteer. Ask to speak to Christy or, for, or to Donna and find out how you can help out with this. And let's make this a fun, fantastic, fulfilling 50-year celebratory event. Chief Rust of the Crossroads Police Department, or I'm sorry, Chief Rust of the Little Elm Fire Department gave his update, uh, 446 calls over the last 12 months, averaging 34 per month. In June, there were 21 emergency, one fire, two good intent, two service calls, and six false alarms. The status of Station 4 on Highway 720 has the move-in date being around April 2025. This will bring our emergency medical services to just one mile from town. Chief Russ was asked about the cost to individuals for their services, in which Chief Russ replied, There are no costs to residents unless transportation to emergency room or hospital is required. Then that is handled through third-party billing at about $175. Crossroads Police Department Chief Short gave his update and was pleased to announce that the accident on 380 has started to go down as more people are getting used to the traffic flow. This is news to our ears and it makes me happy. The Parks and Recs Board, Paula Paws, reported locating a proper climate control storage unit, 10 by 5 for $78 per month, in order to get the inventory that the board members were storing in their garages at home to a more secure location. Restroom facility schematics are coming up, and the playground equipment will be discussed in the August meeting. Grants are being looked into to help fund these projects. September 30th will be movie night at the park. 
The market is doing great. Dunn Farming had a long line this last Saturday and sold completely out of all their vegetables. Historical had nothing to report. Items 12, 13, and 14 were approved. Refer to the agenda, which you can find on the town website. Finding and allocating funds for park improvements was discussed, and possible revenue from DIST will provide for some of the funding. Mayor Tompkins also recommended moving some of the COVID grant money over to park improvements. An amount was not set for that currently. The retreat that the council had was a huge success, and the budget for fiscal year 2023 amended and was accepted. The town's associate civil engineer from Half Associates Engineer gave a report on the road construction alongside Historic Road uh, on Mill Creek Road. Tompkins was very upset at the progress that or lack thereof that has happened, and he wants to hold the contractor accountable for dropping the ball on the contracted work on Mill Creek Road, which now is a mud hole due to the rain and their lack of working on the road. The engineer gave the excuse that the third-party contractors are being used, for which the mayor replied, That isn't our problem. The meeting adjourned into the executive session. You heard the news today here in Crossroads. The summer market is doing great. Come out on Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And on the first Saturday of each month, the mega market from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Get some amazing selections from Dunn Farming and check out those other vendors. Remember to like us on our Facebook page, Crossroads Podcast. To help support the podcast, go to the support screen on the website and become a supporter. A personal thanks to Kitchen Corner Healthy Cooking for all your support. Keep those comments and questions coming to our email, crossroadspodcast2023 at gmail.com. Remember to check the town website at www.crossroadstx.org for local meeting times and events. Stay tuned in every Monday morning as we bring you amazing guests. Until next week, I'll see you at the top. <laughs>